A kind of peace had endured for a century, and people had forgotten what anything else was like. They would scarcely have known how to react had they discovered that a kind of war had finally come. Certainly Elias Lynn, chief of the Bureau of Robotics, wasn't sure how he ought to react when he finally found out. The Bureau of Robotics was headquartered in Cheyenne, in line with the century-old trend toward decentralization, and Lynn stared dubiously at the young security officer from Washington who had brought the news. Elias Lynn was a large man, almost charmingly homely, with pale blue eyes that bulged a bit. Men weren't usually comfortable under the stare of those eyes, but the security officer remained calm. Lynn decided that his first reaction ought to be incredulity. Hell, it was incredulity. He just didn't believe it. He eased himself back in his chair and said, How certain is the information? The security officer, who had introduced himself as Ralph G. Breckenridge and had presented credentials to match, had the softness of youth about him, full lips, plump cheeks that flushed easily, and guileless eyes. His clothing was out of line with Cheyenne, but it suited a universally air-conditioned Washington, where security, despite everything, was still centered. Breckenridge flushed and said, "'There's no doubt about it.' "'You people know all about them, I suppose,' said Lynn, and was unable to keep a trace of sarcasm out of his tone. He was not particularly aware of his use of a slightly stressed pronoun in his reference to the enemy— the equivalent of capitalization in print. It was a cultural habit of this generation, and the one preceding. No one said the East, or the Reds, or the Soviets, or the Russians any more. That would have been too confusing, since some of them weren't of the East, weren't Reds, Soviets, and especially not Russians. It was much simpler to say we and they, and much more precise." Travelers had frequently reported that they did the same in reverse. Over there, they were we, in the appropriate language, and we were they. Scarcely anyone gave thought to such things any more. It was all quite comfortable and casual. There was no hatred, even. At the beginning it had been called a Cold War. Now it was only a game, almost a good-natured game, with unspoken rules and a kind of decency about it. Lynn said abruptly, "'Why should they want to disturb the situation?' "'They wouldn't do it,' he said. "'They are doing it,' said Breckenridge, "'and you had better accustom yourself to the fact. "'Of course, sir, I realize that it isn't pleasant to think "'that they may be that far ahead of us in robotics.' His eyes remained as guileless as ever, but the hidden knife-edges of the words plunged deep, and Lynn quivered at the impact. Of course, that would account for why the chief of robotics learned of this so late, and threw a security officer at that. He had lost caste in the eyes of the government. If robotics had really failed in the struggle, Lin could expect no political mercy. Lin said wearily, "'Even if what you say is true, they're not far ahead of us. We could build humanoid robots.' "'Have we, sir?' "'Yes.' As a matter of fact, we have built a few models for experimental purposes. They were doing so ten years ago. They've made ten years' progress since. Lynn said, I want to consult one of my men. I want his opinion. 
Is he trustworthy? Lin looked disgusted. Good Lord, what man in robotics has not been investigated and cleared to death by your people? Yes, I vouch for him. If you can't trust a man like Humphrey Carl Laszlo, then we're in no position to face the kind of attack you say they are launching, no matter what else we do. I've heard of Laszlo, said Breckenridge. Good. Does he pass? Yes. Then I'll have him in and we'll find out what he thinks about the possibility that robots could invade the USA. Not exactly, said Breckenridge softly. You still don't accept the full truth. Find out what he thinks about the fact that robots have already invaded the USA.'